What's up, everyone? Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverence game... <laughs> the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast from Apple Idiots. This is episode 184. 184. Um... Of this show. It's a lot of episodes. Hold on, 200's right around the corner. You know what's right around the corner? It is. Up your button around the corner. That's your ding-a-ling. Or your hoo-ha. I'm Chad Michael Ennis. We've got here Holden. I don't think so. Prickly Pear DePardo. Say hi, Holden. <laughs> hi, I'm a prickly pear. Whatever that is. <laughs> it's a pear with <laughs> it's a, it's like It's a pear that got stuck on a porcupine, and then you pulled the pear off the porcupine, and some prickly bits of the porcupine no, left no, there. No, that's no. what a prickly pear that's, is. Well, that's what it started out as. But here's what it actually ended up being. You know, like like the word gay used to mean happy, but here's what it actually means today through thousands mm -hmm. of years. <laughs> thousands of years of misuse of the word. <laughs> Not misuse, but, you know, it changes. So it started out as the, the porcupine thing. But nowadays, um, druggies take pears. And mm -hmm. there's been this huge crisis with, you know, reusing hypodermic needles leading to infections and AIDS and death. So they have a pear and they put a bunch of needles in it. And they hollow out in the middle, and they drop a lot of crack in there. They plug it back up. And then you pass the pair around the group of junkies. And then you go, tss, put it into your arm. And then all they have to do is just rotate it, and they get a clean needle. Tss. Next person, rotate it, you get a clean needle. Tss. And you get Boom. one pair, one crack rock, 15 needles that you can just pass around really easily and effectively. Is this what the term a paraday keeps the apple away, uh, the doctor away? No, like no, that? no, no, no. This is a paradox. Welcome everyone. Oh, every morning, very good. <laughs> every Tuesday morning at nine a.m. Eastern, you can put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service, or you can put us in your eyes by looking for Respawn Aim Fire on YouTube. That's right. We've gone into the third dimension with two D video. And if you want to break the space-time continuum and go into space where no one's ever gone before because we have not left this atmosphere, um, you can do that by going to twitch.tv slash It's every Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, like we're doing right now. We've got some people in the chat that are very excited or grossed out. It's up to your interpretation of what the word ew means. That I'm going to be <laughs> lotioning my feet live today on the stream while we talk. Why? Well, I got to do it. And I can, I can multitask, so that's that's the thing today. Today's episode is brought to you by Affable Idiots, but we will talk about that a little bit later in the episode. Hold on. That is it for our housekeeping. We've got some really mm -hmm. cool shit coming up. We're going to talk about some fantastic photoshops that people are doing of, of uh, Tom Holland on set of Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk about some great mustaches. We're going to talk about boxes on boxes on boxes. But before we do... We're getting into our main quest. That's right, right up front. We're going to give you the goodies up front, and I hope you stay for the rest. Should streamers pay developers? That's our topic of conversation today for our main quest. And this all stems from a little tweet on Twitter from a man who was bought by Stadia. No, he was not <laughs> bought by Stadia. Uh, his company was acquired by Google uh, and now works under the Stadia umbrella. His name is Alex Hutchinson. He works for Typhoon Studios, and he tweeted the following three a few days ago. Streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact that they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. He then followed up and said, The real truth is the streamer should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. 
They should be buying a license, like any real business, and paying for the content they use. Holden, very yes. controversial take. Twitter was mm -hmm. uh, a hoppin', based on Alex Hutchinson's uh, response here. In the comments, just generally, there are people on both sides of the argument. There Mostly are... on one side, but yeah, there's someone. <laughs> you do have opinions on both sides. They're yeah. both great people, I think is how Donald Trump says it. Um, <laughs> in the comments, people agreeing with Alex do so because of, quote, gamer entitlement. They say that um, music copyright is handled on YouTube in a certain way, and people should kind of um, abide to those same rules on Twitch when it comes to games and YouTube. Um, and then there's those who disagree, <clears throat> saying that streaming helps get the word out on certain games, and that streamers have paid developers. In fact, a lot of them do pay the developers $60 for the game, and they're small time, and they just they stream what they like. Obviously, there are the fringe cases where the large streamers don't pay for their games, and in fact, they are paid to stream the games. But by and large, Twitch is made up of people who actually do purchase games and stream them. Uh, all of this is to say that the parent company, Google, uh, backed away very slowly <laughs> from Stadia Guy's very bad tweet, says Luke Plunkett at Kotaku. Google issued a statement that says, The recent tweets by Alex Hutchinson, creative director at the Montreal studio of Stadia Games and Entertainment, do not reflect those of Stadia, YouTube, or Google. Hold on, what are your thoughts while I uh, take my foot up here and just, <laughs> just get to love I mean, I don't know if I could talk about this. I mean, I'm so distracted by that gorgeous foot. It is a, it is I, a nice foot. Watch what I can do with my pinky toe. Ooh. That's Ooh. talent. That's first class talent right there. <laughs> so in terms of this uh, tweet from Alex Hutchinson, this is basically applying a precedent from other industries to the video game industry, where it might not exactly belong. It's like saying, well, geez, bicycles ran off of just your feet moving up and down. But now we have these car things, and they require gas. And I feel like there needs to be a precedent that cars need to be run by moving your feet up and down on pedals because that's how bicycles did it. Like, just because they're both moving vehicles does not mean that they operate in the same way. That's a weird analogy. It's not a perfect analogy. It's honestly not even a good analogy, but I just came <laughs> up with it right now. <laughs> I tried to think of one, too, today, and I was like, it's such a unique situation that I can't really think of an analogy like it's yeah. a unique relationship between streamers and developers, for sure. I can understand his argument, but the precedent has been set. There are so many developers who've already taken the mindset of, yes, like games will start by saying, like before it even says the name of the game, be like, hi, please, please stream our game. Please, you're allowed yep. to, and it, we're not going to shut it down. Um, it's, and I, there's also been a precedent on Nintendo's end where Nintendo wanted to take like a 30% cut from anyone who posted anything about Nintendo content on YouTube, and that ended up being really disastrous and not, therefore not compatible with the video game industry. So like, I can understand his point in a vacuum, but we don't operate in a vacuum. This is a precedent's already been set. And also, when your, the parent company comes out and says, yeah, no, we don't stand by this, it kind of nullifies the entire debate. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so let's have that debate right now. <laughs> I, um, I, I don't think there's going to be much of a debate. Debate because we are yeah. both on the right side of history. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw, I saw uh, lots of tweets from, from all sorts of different gaming personalities and people today, not today, but over the last couple of days, that said, uh, I'm just doing a quick informal poll uh, have you ever bought a game after watching someone stream it on Twitch? 
and overwhelmingly <laughs> everyone said yes. Uh, yeah. So obviously, well, there are some sales. It's it is free advertising for you. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. Literally, if sometimes it's paid advert, like they pay you to advertise your game. They are buying your game. Um, so it is it is an advertisement engine in a world where people are not watching commercials. People are paying for ad free Hulu. People are not watching cable TV. How do you get the word out about your game? Well, you pay the personalities that they really really like to play the games that you want them to play. Or you make a game that's compelling to certain audiences so that they are seeing other people that they enjoy watching play that game. And then I start to think about games that I don't think literally would exist today if it weren't for the promotion that they got through streaming. Notably, Apex Legends, which is one of the mm -hmm. biggest games on the planet right now. The only yeah, reason they got any coverage whatsoever and anyone picked up that game, the Shadow dropped it, and they paid all the top streamers a shit, like millions of dollars to stream it on day one for 24 hours straight or whatever it was. Uh, and if, if no one saw these streamers playing that game, no one would know this game exists. No one would know that it was really good. Um, so I think that there are, uh, I think Among Us is very, very similar. Like yeah, it was absolutely. out for years I was and too. floundering. And then suddenly one person, the right person starts streaming it on Twitch one day and it is now the biggest pop culture thing. Like my parents know about it. My parents see the memes. Everyone knows about Among Us. Uh, we have politicians playing Among Us on Twitch to try to get the word out about voting. So I think that Alex Hutchinson uh, is very ignorant um, and dated in his views of the gaming landscape and how things are advertised and partnerships he should be trying to make rather than trying to say, no, you owe me money to, to stream this game. <laughs> and I think when his next game comes out, he better hope that streamers are willing to stream it. <laughs> I feel like they might not be for just some arbitrary reason, not related to anything <laughs> to gaming at all. Um, yeah, I think that's a great point. And especially because gaming, like the music analogy, for example, it's that music is not comparable. I don't, when I hear a song in a stream, that's the exact experience I'm going to get when I buy that song and listen to it on my iPhone. Yeah. But playing a game is like like watching football and then saying, well, I guess I don't need to play football because I just watched the Patriots play. <laughs> Doesn't happen. You go, man, they had a lot of fun playing. Wouldn't it be fun if I got to play that game too? Yeah. So it's not... A comparison. I could understand an argument in the context of a single-player game where it's very story-based or something like that. But even then, like Take Until Dawn, which is entirely story-based. Ooh, I want to see what would happen if I made this decision here instead of that one. The agency of the player is a really important part of the game. So just watching it doesn't offer the same experience. And it's kind of also like insulting to a game to say, just looking at it was the experience yeah it's not it's not at all the experience it's like saying i li here's a this might be a better analogy it's like listening to the record of star wars play and then saying well i don't need to see the movie because i already <laughs> listened to the record right i've You're consumed missing a portion it, i've consumed it in part one yeah. way through one medium therefore i i think i've gotten the entire picture no you obviously mm -hmm. haven't i think yeah. about this the exact same like last week when Haunting of Verdansk launched, I, I always, I get self-conscious when I say that word because I don't know how to pronounce it, but the Warzone Halloween stuff, <laughs> and Dallas sent us that stream of Nick Merckx playing it, and I saw Nick Merckx playing it, and how, and, and I saw it, I watched the zombies, and I watched all this shit, and I said, that looks so fucking fun, I can't wait to get online and play this. Like, that's, mm -hmm. what, that's what streaming 
does for people and, and for games is I see how much fun he's having playing it. I see how cool it is. Uh, it is it is more effective than a trailer that is that is just like two minutes of whatever parts you decide that I should see. And it is it is a, a selling engine for these people. And of course, I got on. I played that zombie shit. I had a shit ton of fun in a game that I hadn't played in a little bit. And yeah, this guy is super backwards. Yeah, everyone's entitled to their opinion, um, but that doesn't mean everyone has to agree to the right. opinion. And I think the majority of people in this case don't agree with this. At the time so this screenshot not was taken, um, it had 18.2 thousand quote tweets. And I guarantee you, probably about 18,000 of those were people saying, look at this guy and his backwards well, ass opinions. He got ratioed. Um, let me pull up. He got ratioed hardcore. For anyone who's curious, I am now on my second foot. Loosening up my <laughs> right foot. Okay, I don't just know what ratio means. I don't know when you like some, yes. Yeah, so when you like something, it's by saying I agree with this. But if you have significantly more comments than likes, it's usually the sign that people don't agree with it because they voiced a concern as opposed to just liking the tweet. So there are five point four thousand likes and eighteen thousand comments. And eighteen thousand quote tweets and retweets. So I would say that uh, that's a three to one ratio. He definitely got ratioed. Yep, Horatio Sands. He got Horatio Sands. <laughs> uh, sh- shout out to Google though for just for being like, hey y'all, we're not with this guy. I mean, we're with this guy, but and, we're not with this guy. <laughs> it, yeah, and to go back to that too is is that. They didn't have to do that, and I think the fact that they felt like they had to sh- just shows how much of a precedent it is that streaming is okay with games. Yeah, and they're also they in kind like, of a tricky situation where, like, they run YouTube, which is both like they obviously get a lot yeah. from people streaming on YouTube, but also they are the ones bringing down the ban hammer on copyrighted content as well. So it's like. Uh, it's a tricky mm-hmm. situation for them, but for them to come out and say, like, dude, we don't agree with you. That was a weird, like, noise that came out of my mouth a second ago. I don't know if you heard that. I anyway, uh, Google also, when they introduced Stadia, made a whole thing on connecting the streaming community to the players, to the mm-hmm. develop. Like, they recognized that as a tentpole part of the industry. So, why do you think that button yeah. exists? Why creator codes exist? Because people watch streams mm-hmm. and then buy the games. They click the button to say buy. They enter someone's code yeah. to say, yep, I watched this person, therefore I bought this game from this person. Like, it works. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if that if, button existed, yeah, if absolutely. That, <laughs> if that workflow doesn't exist, there wouldn't be a button for it. Yeah. yeah. City just needs to make the button first is the problem. Yep. <laughs> they have the click to join, but not the click to, to buy. Okay. <laughs> Uh, that's you have anything else to say about uh, about this guy who probably won't no, be friends no, with us. No, no, I'm, if we I'm ask glad we, we worked out that harsh disagreement we had on that subject. <laughs> Wonderful. Holden, we're gonna move on to playtime, where we talk about what we played in time. <laughs> we do it sequentially. Uh, we're gonna start by talking about your shit. It looks yeah. like a lot of the same stuff, although we'll both have impressions of the haunting of Verdansk. 
So I'll save that. Okay. I'll also save talking about Horizon Zero Dawn for next week. We have our barf episode about that, which Chet and I haven't discussed the time, but it's probably going to be on Twitch at 7 p.m. on Sunday because it's usually how we do those things. Nice. Um, but I played more Animal Crossing New Horizons, and one of what I have news to share. Guess who is now has a five-star Animal Crossing island? I finally did it. Is this it. the first time you've had a five-star island? Yes. It Hold took on. a while. What have you been doing? It took doing? a long time. It I've took seen like, 200... like I've seen like five-year-olds have five-star islands by now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I stopped playing for like four months. Um, and a part of the problem was is that I had concentrated so much of the my island into one into basically the bottom uh, left corner of the island. Mm-hmm. So I had to work on spreading everything out, and it just took a lot of time and moving things around. It's actually kind of a little fun, like long-term puzzle to find like the most efficient way to move everything around. Excuse me, but I did it. I'm so happy. My island is fucking awesome. It's gorgeous across the whole island. It's it's amazing. I'm still working on little things that I would use for my own happiness, but having a five-star island means that I'm incredible. That's what it means. It means I'm amazing. You know what I ca- I kind of want. I kind of want, I don't know, a four or five minute video on our channel of you just giving it, like you being a tour guide for your island and you showing off your five star island. <laughs> this is my museum and this is why it is where it is. Oh, and look at these things <laughs> and, and little happy trees. <laughs> I kind of want you to just give us a tour of your island and like cut it down to like four minutes. I could do that. But I, I mean, think I could do that. That's all up to you. Because um, Dallas says he wants to come visit, and he it. totally can. Stars now, and it's just like, who's gonna see that? And then, well, it was always just so I could enjoy my island, and I just want to share my joy with everyone. But if anyone wants to come visit it, I can put a dream code out there, and actually, people can just visit with a dream code, just like I visited Joe Biden's island last week. <laughs> <laughs> and Dallas says it's gonna be a cribs episode. Absolutely, yeah, cribs episode, Animal Crossing style. You mentioned the museum. Here's another amazing. I'm incredible, Chad. I'm amazing. I believe it. <laughs> um, it's the uh, the museum. I finally got all of the fossils. <gasps> and the museum is, the fossil part of it at least, is fully decked out with all the fossils now, which was very annoying. Because I, for the past... <laughs> Well, in the four, not not including the four months. Well, let's say including the four months I didn't play the game. Six months of of only needing four fossils to complete it, and digging up fossils every day. Going to Blathers, Blathers going. Well, we don't need these fossils. Like, take a fucking fossil, motherfucker, because <laughs> I need to finish this museum. And I finally did it. And Blathers makes a big deal. He's like, "Hey." You completed all the fossils. Congratulations. We have all of them now. It's very exciting. And now when I get those fossils, pure profit. Just nice. delivering them to get sold. It's it's incredible. How many of my dino it's butts went into making your museum? I don't know, but it's a I lot think of I had ass, at least a sure. good four or five dino. I, for anyone who doesn't know, I, I briefly for about two weeks played Animal Crossing a lot. And for my museum, I only put the dinosaur butts. I sold all the other parts. (laughs) I just only had butts. (laughs) And I made my own outdoor museum and just had the butts in the grass. (laughs) And then I let all of my friends strip down my island and take everything. I am. I've been in a lot about how amazing I am. But I am actually also a bad person. A very terrible, awful bad person. Because for the final step... 
I had to just plant a bunch of flowers all over the place. And I was so excited to finally be near the end and to just wait three days for all those, like three real days for all those flowers to grow. I'm like, oh, you time travel, didn't you? I'm going to time travel. And I time travel to grow the flowers. I'm an asshole. I'm a terrible person. But do you want to what? None of the animals on my island know or give a fuck, so it's fine. <laughs> they literally they lost three days of their lives, and you and you didn't even tell them. You did no, no, that no. to them. They, they gained, don't even know. They gained, they gained three days in their lives because I went three days in the future and then went back in time to the present, and they got to live those days all over again. So they made any mistakes. So you groundhog They said something them. stupid. You saw Bill Murray's mental health during that movie. It's like, wait a minute. Haven't I already done days. these three days before? What the fuck is going no. on? The first three days of Groundhog Day for Bill and Murray were fantastic. He was having fun, realizing what he could do. It was like if he time traveled like, you know, 60 days, then it would be a problem. And I wouldn't put my animals through that. Okay. Okay. So don't worry. It's weird to don't me worry. that you refer to them as your animals. They are my as, animals. You know, your townspeople or your friends. They're your animals. I mean, it's my town. <laughs> <laughs> I rule those animals. It's my domain. Oh. Tom Nook has nothing on me. I did everything. Tom Nook did nothing. <laughs> my uh, my nephew, my five-year-old nephew, is playing Animal Crossing on his DS, and he doesn't understand nice. the concept of a loan. And so he's just so happy. He's like, they just gave me a new house, and I just have a new house, and it's bigger. I was like, oh, poor boy, you don't understand. You have to pay all of that money back. <laughs> <laughs> Animal Crossing should be teaching him about that. He needs to, like, <laughs> read the text <laughs> of the game. Although, to be fair, Animal Crossing does not teach you how real loans work. No bank is going to be like, yeah, like, just come back whenever you want. Pay off in any amount you <laughs> right. want to. Yeah, no interest, nothing. I'm a good bank. I'm a bank. That's me. I am a bank. Yo soy bank. Hold in. We both also played Haunting of Verdansk, which is the Hallow- limited yeah. time Halloween event for um, Call of Duty Warzone. You had to play a couple mm-hmm. of matches. I stayed on and played a, um, maybe like an hour or more after that. What did you think of it? You know, I think the my biggest criticism of it is that, you know, you only get to be a zombie and never get to shoot a gun. Or is that just my experience? <laughs> I died all the time. <laughs> and I was always a zombie. No, it was really a zombie, I was never a joke. bride. <laughs> it was really, really cool. Uh, I honestly just loved being a zombie so I could jump really fucking far. There's something about that jump that's thrilling. The, it's, know, the, like, it's the jump. It's It's the charge of the jump. The jump itself, it's like, oh, oh where am I going to land? And then it's the splat yeah. at the end. <laughs> it's, I also love the dropping in from the helicopter and you, no parachute. You just like yep. you splat on the ground. <laughs> and it takes you a moment to like regain your, your consciousness. It's a, it's a really, really cool idea for an event that changes the dam- dynamic of the game completely. And I'm going to be bummed when it goes away. Because mostly, I don't really have time in the next like week or so that it's around yeah. to play it. Because i got to crunch the fuck out of Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to play it a lot more. And I hope that they bring it back at some point. Because who is it we were playing with? That, I think it was Dane said that he doesn't like zombies. And he I don't like zombies. Call of Duty zombies mode. Yep. Like the, a traditional and Call of Duty zombies. And I don't either. I've never liked Call of Duty Zombies. I just have never found it enjoyable. Um, that's just me. Uh, I will probably get shit for that, but that's just my opinion. As we know from Alex Hutchinson's at Google, it is allowed. <laughs> and 
It's not that at all. It's completely different. So it's kind of nice that they didn't just like they could have just brought zombies to Call of Duty Warzone and be like, all right, now you're gonna go to the prison and fortify, you know, this window at yeah. the prison. And oh no, here come the spooky ghost dogs and stuff. Like they could have just done all that stuff all over again. It ended up being a really unique experience. There's actually going to the whole like it's fun to watch someone play it as well. Um, watching Dallas on the roof of one of the buildings with all the zombies around the building jumping up over him, <laughs> trying to get to like. There was a, a thrill and a suspense to that that just I hadn't experienced in Call of Duty Warzone before. So overall, just awesome. Really cool experience. I liked it a lot. Wish I had more time to play it. Yeah, I enjoyed it a ton. And I think they they did so much more than they had to do. They simply could have... First of yep. all, that's just one piece of the puzzle. They also brought back the Juggernaut mode. They have um, costumes for Leatherface and for Jigsaw, they have all sorts oh, of things. Oh, I killed bundles. Jigsaw. I killed that motherfucker. Oh, yeah, I killed Jigsaw a lot. I <laughs> I don't know. I heard a chainsaw during one of the games. I don't know if it's like a gun you can pick up or whether it's something special, but I heard a chainsaw. But also there are these fucking chests, Holden. I don't know if you ever experienced mm -hmm. this, or I don't know if they're in zombies mode. No. But uh, we played a few rounds of just regular Battle Royale, and first of all, there's trick-or-treat chests. So in every location on the map... There is one random chest that will have some kind of trick or treat thing in it, and you have to like when you get them all, then you get the special gun. So that's kind of cool. But then there are also these jump scare chests, and whenever you open <laughs> like the a chest, Dark Souls kind of thing almost. And no, 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 not like a, not like a mimic, but they are. Um, you know those YouTube videos where you're just watching something peaceful, and all of something something just pops up on the oh. screen and just goes ah and scares you. Yes, it's that. So you open the chest, and it's just nothing oh. but loud noise and screaming and, like, this weird thing in the center of your screen. And every fucking time, we were all just playing, and I was like, I don't understand, blah, blah, blah. And I go to open the chest, and so, so, ah! and I would just, I would <laughs> jump, and I'm like, and then everyone starts laughing. Because, it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It got me. It fucking got me. Those things get me so bad. I'm not someone who scares easily, but you know those like videos where it's like, look at the screen. Look closer. Yeah. Do you see that in the corner? You don't see it? Maybe you should look even closer. And then all of a sudden, just this random, like, evil devil woman, like, pops out. Yep. There was one I saw recently. It was on Twitter. And it was like, this guy walks by a door. He turns the light off to the hallway. And his girlfriend's like, wait, who's that in the hallway? And you see this, like, silhouette of a person. And he turns the light back on, looks out, oh, and they're gone. Oh, yeah. That's the one Matt and we get Yeah, yeah, Oh, my. Oh, did Matt send that? I must have missed it. I'm sorry. I saw it on Twitter as well. That scared the shit out of me. Yep. So bad. I think the so first bad. one, like the original one, the one that I can remember as a kid, is the German car commercial, and it's just like it's you're a watching, car commercial. It's a that car does commercial. That? So it's it's just like you're watching the car driving through the country, countryside, going on some winding roads, <laughs> and it's like Volkswagen, whatever it was, whatever car it was, and you're just watching, yeah. watching, watching, and then after about twenty seconds, just this fucking witch lady just pops up out of the corner of the screen and goes. Ah! And scares the shit out of you. And that was like the first email chain viral video before YouTube existed. It was crazy. I'm just like, who who thought of that? Like, hey guys, if you heard of like sex appeal, well, what about like another S appeal? But it's like scary appeal. Like, it's they're both S's. So it's gotta work, right? I don't think it was actually a car commercial, but it was disguised as one. Oh, okay. It yeah. was okay. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so it was like, oh, dude, like, why would you make it in a commercial? Yeah. Um, I want to buy the car that scares the shit out of me because that's what I want when I buy a car. Something that scares the <laughs> shit out of me. <laughs> so I all of that being said, I enjoyed Warzone a ton. 
the zombie mode was unique and fun. It was so much more than it had to be. They could have just put a couple of skins in there and, and called it a day. Um, and like you, yeah, I'm going to be bummed when it's, it's gone because I, I had a ton of fun. It also it completely threw strategy out the window. Like we have a strategy that we usually do whenever we're in trios or quads and we're going through and or if we're doing plunder. But this, I felt like the entire time we were all on edge and we're like, where do we go? Do we just hang out here? Do we go to the top of a building? And Or it's just like... Like crazy, just like, I'm a zombie, become a human. No matter where it is, go and find the vials. But I was also kind of confused how the game ends, because we got to the end once. Uh, we came in third, but Dallas, obviously it was Dallas. He was the last one, and he was running around. But it's like, if you die as the last human, technically the zombies can come back to life as a human, and then they're introduced, there's now a second human again. So it's like, when does it end? I don't understand. So it, it took forever, and then we died. Dallas was the set. Like, there were two people left in the game. Dallas died, and then we came in third. I was like, I don't understand how all that works. But it was fun as shit. That's it. We're going to wrap Chad, up playtime. I, I just have a question. Yeah. What's Poop Dollar? So I also played Poop Dollar this week. That's uh, a real thing? No, I mean, it is a real thing, but I didn't play it. I just put it in there because I was like, what else did I play? I couldn't think of anything, so I put Poop Dollar. Uh, Poop Dollar is a game that I learned about on the show Workaholics, and they all just sat on the roof, they got stoned, and they wrapped a doll. They wrapped a turd <laughs> in a dollar bill, <laughs> and they just put it on the sidewalk out front of their house, and they watch people go try to pick it up, and they see that there's poop in it and go, Ugh! and then they yell from the roof, Poop Dollar! <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> that's poop dollar is um, that a game i mean it's What's a game the for game them they were, just, they were just stoned on their roof <laughs> All right. that the, that's what they did to pass the time <laughs> oh holden let's wrap up playtime and move on because we've got some stuff to talk about but before we do yeah i want to tell you about affable idiots it is the brand under which our products and podcasts all live like Grease My Name Fire, our off-color Mr. Rogers S. show, A-A-W-Y, where we this week learned what the best, best picture picture was. Thank you, everyone who voted. Uh, turns out Silence of the Lambs is the best movie ever made in the last hundred years. All from your help. Uh, but we're going to do so much more. There's something coming in early to mid-November. A new like short video series. It's going to be super fun. We want to know that you guys want it, so show us that um, by going to YouTube, subscribing to our channels. They are in the descriptions. Go to them, click it, click subscribe. I don't even fucking care if you don't watch this show. Just subscribe <laughs> to it. We need 100 so we can get our custom URLs. Um, you can also go to podcast services that you're listening to this on, and you can give us five stars. Speaking of stars, I read a novel in German class in Germany. Nope, I, I didn't take German in Germany. I took it in America. And we read a book called Yildiz Stern, and it's uh, a book <laughs> who, whose title translates to Yildiz is named Star. That's uh, five stars on podcast services. Uh, and then leave us a little <laughs> comment telling us how much you love us. Um, oh, yeah. So, sorry. Dallas in the chat. Make sure that I called out that literally we played Destiny every single night for at least two or three hours. I tweeted a picture of my like my sleep this week, and it's like you got X amount of hours of sleep, and there was not a single night that I went to sleep before twelve thirty, all because we we're just having a blast, mopping up bounties, doing some good shit. Fucking love that's, that's late for you. It is super very late, late for, for you. 
super late. And in fact, last night we were up till two. I was up till two thirty. I think we stopped playing around two fifteen, and I was awake till two thirty. I'm becoming. I think a teenager. we switched because that's usually me. And now, right I'm on going Thursday to bed night or early. Friday night, when you were like at eight thirty, you texted me. Mm, I think I'm gonna only play one round of Warzone because I'm sleepy. And I'm like, what the fuck, I dude? You're gonna be up for seven more hours. <laughs> I fell asleep on the couch and I woke up and I'm like, I don't know if I can make it. Like, I almost didn't come to game night. But I'm like, no, I have to. I have to come to game night. My guess is I'm tired. I can't make it. But I'm like, but I can't make the whole. I'm just gonna. And then I crashed like a soon on the game night. Just <laughs> totally crashed. <laughs> And then finally, you can go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. You can get some dope wallpapers. And in fact, I'm going to... No, it's a mistake. I was going to show off the cool Halloween Xbox Series X one on my monitor right now by turning my phone around. But then if I wouldn't be able to necessarily line it back up. How does it... It's there. Go do it. It's dope. There's also one more coming. It's on the phone that I'm using to, to stream from, so you can't see it. But there's one more coming before the end of the month. It is a kind of a blue Xbox Series X theme, our respawn name Fire Blue. It's super sexy. It goes well with the Pacific Blue new iPhone. Um, you also get to vote on what we play each month. Holden, I believe the results of the, the latest poll for November, December are in. And the oh. last time that I looked at it, it was... Um, I'll look at it right we're now. We're doing this different for the month of November and December. Rather than playing another game, there's a lot of shit coming out for PS5. Excuse me. And for next gen. And we want to make sure that we are, we're playing it. We can give you up-to-date opinions and all that kind of fun stuff. So rather than playing something from our backlog or a game of the year game, we asked which two games that you want to hear from us in depth about. So we're going to, the two games that you choose specifically, we're going to go in depth and give you basically a review discussion. We're going to make sure we get as close to finishing them as we can. Um... And those two games are Holden, Godfall, Godfall, and Demon's Souls, and Demon's Souls. Ooh, some third-person action. Yeah, that's those games have a are similar-ish, in that they are both third-person action games involving knights with swords. So it's kind of cool to contrast them. They're probably very different in their styles as well. Yep, speaking good conversations there, and they're just those sexy next-gen games. Oh yeah, like those are PS5 exclusives. That's right. They aren't cross-gen games. That's right. This is a big deal. Yep. So that's what we're doing. I'm very excited. Uh, you voted for that. And um, also, look at these dope shirts. Yeah. We got shirts. Thank you to everyone who, in the month of September, donated by buying a shirt, and the profits went to Extra Life. Uh, that was super cool. It's great to see all of those coming out on Twitter, all of these pictures of shirts, shirt picks. It's like it's like the new shirtless pick. The new cool thing is to take a picture of your Respawn Name Fire shirt. And send me just the shirt instead of your topless body. <laughs> <laughs> what if your topless body meant like Pixar movie topless dad? By topless dad, I mean the, doesn't have a torso. Not a dad without a shirt on. Let's move on to our quest log. Holden, where we're going to explore some news related to our favorite gaming companies. <laughs> Starting with our Microsoft quest log, there is a an interesting little story saying... Bethesda and ZeniMax sued for sabotaging Elder Scrolls Skyrim Rival, says Zermenicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. So there's a company named Ragnarok Game LLC, and they are suing Bethesda and ZeniMax uh, for this little ditty that we're about to roll out for you. <laughs> so imagine there's a game named Rune 2 that released in November 2019. So it's about a year ago now. Published by Ragnarok and developed by Human Head Studios. 
this game goes out and is a, a, a really cool Skyrim rival. A lot of people are saying maybe it's the better version of Skyrim. Skyrim on steroids, quote-unquote, is what one review said. Uh, this game seems to have some kind of promise. And uh, for launch and beyond, Human Head Studios was supposed to support, and they had a contract to support this game after launch. But it turns out they couldn't because Bethesda bought Human Head Studios right at launch, and they rebranded them to Roundhouse Studios. So Ragnarok, the publisher, tries to go and get the assets and the source code for Rune 2, um, but they refuse to, allegedly. So they, are no, they, they put out this game that challenged one of Bethesda's own games, Bethesda then basically uh, said, ooh, that game looks good. We're going to take all of those rights, and then you're not going to have any right to anything that you just made. Because, allegedly, it's a rival to our game, and we're trying to, like, oust the competition. <laughs> um, so that's an interesting little thing. I There are so many little things there that could have got, like, oh, Ragnarok developed this game that came out. Oh, this game kind of isn't getting a lot of support. Human Head was bought by this company. Oh, they're now this new thing, and this is what they're working on. But if you hadn't put all of those pieces together, like Zermina Khan at PlayStation Lifestyle did, and there's this court case going on, it's like, oh, all of these little things actually add up to one really kind of interesting story. Holden, what are yeah. your thoughts? Uh, first thought is... Um, I think that Ragnarok absolutely has a case here mm -hmm. in terms of a contractual obligation between them and Human Head Studios. Um, I also don't think there's a chance in hell that they can make the argument that Rune 2 would have taken away the thunder of Elder Scrolls. <laughs> yeah. There's just no way. First of all, it's like a $30 game, which means it's like lower in scope. It's not as robust as like a Skyrim game is. And that's what people like about Elder Scrolls is that it's a very robust, large RPG experience, and it just doesn't sound like what Rune 2 is. Reviews I found refer to the game as broken and not working very well. Sounds like a Bethesda so, game. <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> fair point. <laughs> um, so, it, to me, it seemed like analogy. Doing a lot of analogies this episode. If anyone has seen the episode of Friends called The One Where Ross Got High, I don't where... And actually, it's nothing to do with Ross getting high. It's just like one small part of the episode. It's a Thanksgiving episode where Rachel makes a traditional English trifle, but the pages get stuck together, and she makes half that and half a shepherd's pie. So it's like a layer of banana, jam, meat sautéed with peas and onions, and like things that just don't go well together. And Joey says, I like it. He th Joey thought it was awesome, but everyone else is like finding an excuse to hide it somewhere in the house so they don't have to eat it. And it feels like they took that one Joey review and said, Rachel's dessert was amazing. This dessert would have per like, would have taken over all the other desserts, including the best dessert shops in the country. Look at what Joey had to say. But everyone else doesn't like it. That's Rune 2. Rune 2 is Rachel's <laughs> dessert. <laughs> you were right that that's a terrible analogy. <laughs> I didn't follow that, that is... at all. But I bet it, I bet it works. <laughs> the point is, they say in here, that one person called uh, Rune 2 Skyrim on steroids, just like Joey thought that the, in the traditional English trifle slash separate pie concoction thing, that he liked it. That's like the one good review. Doesn't mean that it would have taken away the thunder from all the other desserts or the other desserts being Elder Scrolls. Yeah. It's just a stupid, like, they could have made a compelling case. Instead of talking about something totally irrelevant to the contractual obligations of the between the two studios, it's really weird, their approach. 
Do better analogy. It a... It's kind of like Epic and Apple. Epic has some valid concerns, but they're talking about the most ridiculous things, which hurts their case completely. Do you think that it was a like a malicious intent from Bethesda to like thwart this game, or do you think that it was they they really just saw a talented studio and they said, "Hey, you might be able to contribute to the next Elder Scrolls." I think it's that. I think it's the the, the latter. I, I don't think that Bethesda would have actually seen this game as a threat. It's a traditional English trifle and half a shepherd's pie. Like it's not. <laughs> oh, well, now it makes it's sense. It's not a threat. <laughs> uh, I'm curious. It, I'm curious yeah. that like. Bethesda, who is currently in the process of being purchased by Microsoft, probably knows a thing or two about finishing out contracts before you're allowed to start working 100% for the company that you are doing. So I, I'm, I'm curious how they, how they acquired Human Head Studios and rebranded them and, and didn't pay attention to, or maybe they paid attention to and, will, and like willingly said, no, we're not going to honor that contract. Like, how does that get by a company that big who is who's like currently undergoing that themselves? Yeah, because it's not like, oh, well, Human Head Studios just didn't tell Bethesda. They kept it a secret. That wouldn't have worked because mm-hmm. every anything, if you sue anyone, that court case is public. You can just look up the court case. And if someone's buying a company, you're probably going to look into if they're being sued or not yep. because then you would have to handle that baggage. So I don't think there's a chance in hell they didn't know about the lawsuit. So it's definitely weird that they haven't done anything to to handle this or maybe they have and like epic ragnarok is screaming and crying like a baby even though they don't actually really have a case to back themselves that's also possible also it wouldn't be the first time it's happened so interesting nonetheless yeah interesting 100 interesting I'm, i'm curious to see i'm sure i'm sure we will never hear of this court case ever again (laughs) <laughs> that's also possible um, but I hope that it's going to bring down Microsoft it's all done <laughs> but speaking of Microsoft uh, we are still in this Microsoft quest log Phil Spencer hints at Xbox Game Pass streaming sticks for your TV no console required says Joe Scrabbles at IGN here's a quote um, Phil Spencer did an interview with Stratechery uh, which is a, a, a news outlet for the industry not the gaming industry but for tech industry says, quote, I think you're going to see lower-priced hardware as part of our ecosystem when you think about streaming sticks and other things that somebody might want to just go and plug into their TV and go and play via xCloud. You can imagine us even having something that we just included in the Game Pass subscription that gave you an ability to stream xCloud games to your television and buying the controller. So this was obviously kind of speaking in hypotheticals a little bit, but in a way that says, oh, yeah, this totally makes sense, which I'm sure is something they've considered. Um, that we might one day just see a Google Chromecast or a Fire TV stick that you just plug into your TV and you stream games to it. Or in this last sentence where it's like maybe it's even just an app on your TV and you subscribe to it and you uh, just buy a controller and you play with it. I think this is an obvious next step in their kind of evolution of Game Pass. It's something that you basically can already do that right now with your phone. You can subscribe to Game Pass on an Android phone and do the same exact thing. It's not too far-fetched to think that maybe your Chromecast that also runs on Android would simply just get an app that can do that, too. If Apple is putting Apple TV on Samsung televisions, yeah, I guarantee you Microsoft is considering putting Xbox on any television that would want to put it there. And I think the streaming stick is a component of that. Just like Apple TV boxes are a component of Apple putting their... Par- their 
their services on every other TV. Like, it's such an obvious step. And I love how this is a hypothetical when there's been rumors about this as well. They haven't yeah. been, like, the most prominent rumors, but the rumors. I feel like it's kind of like Nintendo saying, hypothetically, what if we, like, you know, released a Switch that had higher resolution outputs to 4K resolution? <laughs> and everyone's going, like, so you're going to do that, right? It's, it, he gets so specific with his hypothetical. So this is 100% happening. There's no way in hell this is not happening. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if it happens, like, sooner than we think, as in, like, next year time frame. Yep. Why would why not? I think it's a it's a no perfect one... opportunity when we when we see next gen take off this holiday and we start getting those reports in the beginning of next year of we sold X amount of consoles, we have X amount of new subscribers after the holidays, and we start getting all this information to keep that ball rolling. We're now gonna make the app available on any Android running TV or any Chromecast mm-hmm. that you have in your already existing arsenal of devices. And I think that's a great way to just say Launch isn't the end for us. Like we started out strong, and we've got so much more steam to keep going as well. Especially if they're talking about getting Game Pass on iOS, wouldn't Apple TV be a part of that as well? Like, why not? Well, there's some other complications there because of browsers and exactly, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah, um, but if they're doing the model that Apple wants them to do, which is putting the games all as individual titles on the App Store, like it would just work on Apple TV because it's the same code base. They just have to make marginal changes for yeah. stuff. So like, it's totally possible this is going to happen. Um, and also, like, it's it's not something that would eat into the sales of Series S and Series X. So it's not really like a time frame component of it where we don't want to release it too soon after release of Series X because no one will buy an Xbox Series X if they can buy a streaming stick. No no one falls into that demographic of buying a streaming st- stick over a $500 console with 4K 120 frames per second output. Like, that's nobody. So they could do this. It you wouldn't be that hard. It's more as? about... It, it's just really quick. It's more about just getting xCloud working well enough to make this a viable product. That's basically it. That, yeah. Sorry. You know what I kind of see this as? I kind of see this as the next evolution of the PlayStation Vita TV. Remember that? Yeah. Little tiny box? Mm-hmm. It was, it was quote-unquote, a Vita, so you could download Vita and PSP games to it, even though like a large percentage of them didn't work because it didn't have the touchscreen and the back <laughs> touchpad. But Who's it was also, the major titles? But the largest... like. The largest allure of that system was that if you had a second TV in your house, it allowed you to remote play your PS4 to it. And so that's mm-hmm. what basically anyone who bought it in the U.S., that's what they bought it for. Uh, it was on sale in Japan for, I think, a year, year and a half before that, too. And it, it did pretty well in Japan. But that ultimately floundered. It was a $99 console that you could buy for your TV. And it ultimately floundered. floundered. But I think it's because like at the time... There wasn't a lot of trust in remote play or it didn't work well in a lot of scenarios, but I think with streaming via the internet and modern routers and internet like this, this could be the right time to bring something like this. But I think ultimately that's to say that if this were released, this could be a great second option to, oh, the wife is watching The Bachelor on the TV. I'm going to go into the den and play on xCloud streaming TV stick or play on the TV in the kid's bedroom while they're trying to sleep <laughs> because it's already, it's accessible there. So I don't see this as being yeah. like people's primary thing, but it's I'm going to take my Chromecast to a hotel and still be able to play my games. I'm going to take my Chromecast wherever. That's what I think I can see this as. Yeah. It's also, if they're going to compete with Stadia, and Microsoft has said that they view Google as their competitor, mm-hmm. 
even though it's not really a competition at this point, uh, they, they need to have that TV option for streaming as well. They need yeah. to have as low of a barrier of entry as possible because right now Stadia has the lowest barrier to entry. So they, they, they have to do it, and especially with Luna coming in from Amazon, yeah. all that. There's one more thing to note in that article that's a little confusing to us. Um, there's a quote that says, this isn't to say Spencer is against the idea of console and hardware altogether. Oh, sorry, of console hardware altogether. In the same Stratechery interview, he also mooted the idea of an Xbox Game Pass Platinum tier that would guarantee access to new hardware as part of the subscription. Uh, so my take from that sentence is, he says, don't worry, there's not plans for a Game Pass subscription that will also include hardware in it. And then I asked Holden, I was like, what does that sentence mean to you? Because I see Xbox All Access, which is a hardware subscription that includes Game Pass. How is that different than a Game Pass thing that includes hardware? And we were, we were so confused. We have no idea what that means. And it seems to go against what already is currently out there and available. The only yeah. thing I can think of is, that, is the word guarantee. If he used the word guarantee, like right now, the Xbox All Access, if you bought a 1X, you have the opportunity to go trade it in for a Series X. But I think guarantee maybe says if you have the All Access, then you will get a Series X on launch day. I, that's, I don't know. That's such a small little finite detail that I doubt that's what he intended with what he said. Yeah, this is a really good call out on your part because I didn't catch on to that at all. I just like, yeah, Game Pass Platinum. I'd totally forgotten that All Access had Xbox Live and Game Pass built into it. I was too busy thinking about a shepherd's pie and an English trifle analogy <laughs> and just more other terrible analogies I've said Jesus this episode. Christ. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really strange. And here's the thing. This is a strategery, strategery, whatever the fuck. Stratechery is a stupid name. It's a really terrible name. Um, is There's a paywall to read the interview. So I would love to read the interview, but I'm not mm. going to spend you know $12 a month to subscribe to Stratechery so I can find out what Game Pass Platinum is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it just doesn't. So, yeah. Great. Let's but, move on to our oh, Sony Quest Very cool. Sony Quest Log is full of Photoshop's. Um, Nathan Drake <laughs> looks at Nathan Drake in new pictures from Uncharted. Says James Whitbrook from io9. Uh, there's a, a photo that is allegedly from the set of the Uncharted movie, which we all know I very strongly like advocate for the fact that this movie is never coming out. It's never actually getting made. All of these pictures being photoshopped to make it look like they're on set. It's, it's Nolan North. And what is supposed <laughs> to be Tom Holland, it's, he's only seen in profile. The guy obviously looks like he has a higher hairline. He's got a receding hairline. Tom Holland does not have a receding hairline. So this is obviously a different person. But they're saying that it's Nathan Drake meeting Nathan Drake, and it's on set, on location. What I do enjoy is that everyone in this photo, aside from Nathan and Nathan Drake, are wearing masks. You can even see in the bokeh in the background, like all the, the resort members, the crew members, they're all wearing masks. I love it. Uh, and then Tom Holland also gave us a wonderful and Photoshop on Instagram of him. And he says, it's nice to meet you. I'm Nate, hashtag Uncharted. And it's uh, some kind of cosplayer as Nathan Drake. And they Photoshop. They did that deep face, you know, face app to put um, Tom Holland's face on him. Here's how you know as well that it's all Photoshopped. Because you're, I didn't even think with the masks. You're right. With the masks, they would both have COVID. You're right. But they photoshopped it, and that's why they're safe. Yep, and there are no masked pictures of either of those two online, which is why they had so much trouble. 
So exactly. here's the thing. Hypothetically, we're going to play a little one game. More, Hypothetically, if one, these are real. One more photo. One more photo. Hold on. We'll, we'll, we'll get there in a second. Okay. Hypothetically, if these photos are real, we're going to play a little game and pretend. If these photos are real, <laughs> how do they look to you? Like, Are you excited for the movie? Are you, are you pumped? So... I'm just filled with terrible analogies today. So <laughs> please be another Friends episode. <laughs> no, no Friends episodes. I can't look at Tom Cruise in in any movie and not think it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, and I I think that's the same thing with me and Tom Holland at this point for for whatever reason because he's you not at Tom the, the level of that's star. Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's Tom Cruise. <laughs> um, and so I look at this and I'm like, oh, it's Tom Holland. Oh, that's on the set of Uncharted. Like, it actually took me a second when I first saw the photo. I'm like, why do we have this photo of Tom Holland looking stoic into the distance that we can't see? And then it actually taught me after the fact, after I read the caption for it, I'm like, oh, this is from Uncharted. I don't, I just don't want, I think this movie's going to happen, but I don't want it. I don't want it, and I don't want Tom Holland to be Nathan Drake. I have nothing against Tom Holland, necessarily. I liked him a lot more when he had a mask on playing Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love Tom Holland. I think Tom Holland is really great and endearing. Uh, admittedly... Totally endearing, cool guy, absolutely. I yeah. think I've only ever seen him on as Spider-Man and on Instagram in his stories. And he's, he's a wonderful follow on Instagram, even though I'm no longer on do, Instagram. Do you want know to think it is? What? I think it's that one of my favorite things about Tom Holland is his sense of humor in interviews and like, oh no, I didn't mean to leak that information, like all yeah. those memes. That I think about that when I think about Tom Holland. So when I see him as Nathan Drake, I'm like, that's Tom Holland. Yeah. And because he's a Which younger is... Nathan Drake, he's not really looking like the Nathan Drake we know. Yeah. The kind of older, so, yeah, like. He's playing young Nate, which I think is part of it. But I think that could lend some, lend some goodies to him actually. Like becoming the character, like he's got that quip, that wit, that quippiness to him mm -hmm. uh, that Nate has that I think will will come across well. But in this photo, he just he he looks like Tom Holland pretending to be gruff, and he like he's got this weird like he's forcing his chin out in this weird underbite to so he can has a stronger jaw and I don't know it just it yeah. looks unnatural. I don't know if it's just that photo and he's just like I don't know. But here's what I do enjoy: I do enjoy when that photo was tweeted as well as two following ones that didn't have people in them, but they were just, like, environment shots. And I literally was, like, looking. I was like, is, are those screen grabs from the game, or is that on set? And I couldn't really tell, and then it turned out they were from the, on set. I was like, oh. So it's really cool that, like, the set, like, it's going to look like an Uncharted game, which is cool. The optimistic side of me is saying that... I was really skeptical and thought the Tomb Raider movie was going to be awful. And I actually enjoyed the Tomb Raider movie. It, it, wasn't, I know, I don't it think... wasn't wonderful. <laughs> but... Oh, I didn't say it was great, yeah. but I had a good time with it. It was fun. I forgot that Alicia Vikander was, was playing Tomb Raider, and it was just yeah. you know Lara, Lara Croft, as opposed to a robot who wants to take over the world. And <laughs> if anyone gets a reference, watch Ex Mahina. It's a great movie. Very good movie. Be good. So I'm open to this being good, I guess. I just really, really, really don't want this movie to be made at the same time. So I'm kind of conflicted. Yeah. I also I guess you could say it's I'm gonna be I have to hear I have to hear Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Because Nolan North in my brain is so like Nolan North and Nathan Drake are the same person to me. And anytime that I hear Nolan North mm -hmm. in anything else, it's like, oh, that's Nathan Drake. And yeah. so 
to hear a Nathan Drake that's not Nolan North's voice, I think no matter what, I'm going to be disappointed. But I have to hear it because, like, in my brain, first of all, thinking he's an English actor, how well is he going to be able to do Nathan Drake's voice? And then I think, well, mm-hmm. he does Spider-Man pretty well, but then he's he's still just like a, oh hey uh hey Mr. Stark uh blah blah, blah and I went over here oh swoop, swoop, oh 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 my butt and it's like but that's still not that's not like the confidence and the persona of Nathan Drake. I don't know. I have to hear it. I have to hear yeah. it. The other part of it is part of what makes the Uncharted games entertaining is the the chemistry between Nathan and Sully. Yes. So. And I don't know if you want to have segue as to the other photo or not, but um, I think I'm going to have a hard time buying Mark Wahlberg as Sully. There Mark were some Wahlberg. shots of, of people showing shots of older Sully from some of the other Uncharted games, and there actually is a pretty good resemblance. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to enjoy Sully saying, hey, goat, how's it going? Say hello to your mother for me, as Sully is just not going to be entertaining. <laughs> <El> goddamn Dorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Mark Wahlberg... Um, Thanks to Jeff Queeley. Queeley. Jeff Keeley. <laughs> <laughs> we got to look at Mark Wahlberg potentially as Sully. We see Mark Wahlberg with a with a mustache, and it is a a totally not you know stage mustache. Ooh. Definitely not a stage mustache. And he just says it's a natural mustache he grew. <laughs> I think in the video he just says, "Don't say anything. Don't say anything." As if like don't like I I know the mustache looks bad. Whatever. Um. Yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be something that I'm gonna have to get used to. I didn't even realize it was a video. I'm gonna watch it right now. Yeah, I was like so distracted long. by. Oh, he took a screenshot of it. Yeah, I think it's I Mark see. Wahlberg on Twitter. But pff, Mark Wahlberg, on the other hand, if you follow him on Instagram, that dude is fucking still jacked. And you see him doing a, a workout in his gym, just like turning out pull-ups, go do something, and he, he takes a trophy, he's just like, I'm a fucking machine, and I'm 30,000 years old. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I don't know how old Sully is gonna, like, you're, you're too jacked to play Sully. Sully is not that jacked. El goddamn Dorado. Anyway, um, yeah, so if this movie, okay, we're done playing hypotheticals now. We know this is not real. Obviously, that mustache <laughs> is fake. <laughs> I, I use an alternative set of facts, and I do think this movie's going to be happening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about two other PlayStation-related things. The first one being PT. You remember that PT demo? Well, Konami officially says PT demo will not be compatible with PS5, according to Dennis Patrick at GameRanks. Um, earlier this week, there was a story that came out that said PT will not be downloadable on PS5, which... Obviously, it's not going to be. You have to have it on a hard drive. And it was like, just so if you don't have it already, then you're not going to have it. It was like, we get it. But it's on my hard drive, so I'm safe. Turns out, no, it is also officially just not supported via backwards compatibility. So even if you have it downloaded, hang on to your PS4 because uh, you won't be able to play it. But here's the thing. I'm not upset about it. PT, it had its time with me, which is great. I've had it on my hard drive for years now, and I haven't come back to it. But if I want to go back to it, enough people have recreated it faithfully in Unreal Engine, in Dreams, that like you'll be able to play it again if you want to play it again. I'm not upset. And who? And I, this isn't a knock against PT at all. Who's gonna really want to play it again that much? You know what I mean? I mean, it's great we're gonna get horror games Octobers. that are probably gonna be inspired by PT at some point. I'd be shocked if it didn't happen at some point. Because it was such a landmark experience that we're going to kind of look back at PT as like, oh, yeah, remember that thing? That was really cool. 
but I don't it, I don't know if it's going to be this huge thing people are going to miss out on. No. It was like a 20 minute experience. And there are ways to find it. So you'll be fine, everyone. It'll suck that we don't longer have it, but you'll be fine. Yeah. Next up, DualSense compatibility test shows that it works with other devices, not the PS4. It says Bruno Reeves <laughs> at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, there's a YouTube a YouTuber named Austin Evans, who I believe we've talked about on the show before. Yep. Um, who tested it on on various devices, had varying results. It basically seems like it functions as if you would expect a Bluetooth controller to function on other devices. So similar to like a DualShock 4. Uh, on a Surface Laptop Go, it all worked. The right stick felt a little funky, but everything else kind of worked. On a Google Pixel 5, you were able to successfully use it. You could use it with xCloud as well. You can play. He played Forza. Apparently, it does not work with the Series X, however, which makes sense because Series X actually... The game consoles themselves, while the controllers have Bluetooth, they don't pair via Bluetooth and they don't play via Bluetooth. They have their own proprietary wireless, which is why they can cut out on lag. So that's why you can't pair like a DualShock 4 right now to a Xbox, <clears throat> Xbox One X. And in this video specifically, he even plugged it in directly. And like for a second, it like registered and just disappeared. Gotcha. <laughs> so not going to work. And then on the PS4, he tried the DualSense, which we know from Sony is not officially supported. But uh, the microphone on the PS4 worked, and it shows up as a wireless controller, but it doesn't respond otherwise. So interesting, yeah, basically, however your DualShock War 4 works with everything else, it's, you're probably going to see similar results with your DualSense. You can use it on your Mac if you want to, probably use it on your PC, use it on your phones. Um, I do think it's interesting that the DualSense doesn't, I guess it's not that interesting, because the DualShock 4 didn't work on the PS3. No. I guess my question is, why? Why is it something that they've written into the code to say it has to be on a PS5 and but not a series, not a PS4, but it does work on XCloud? So, like, I'm curious as to like where, what part of the code is making it not work? Because if it could just adapt and work with XCloud. I think there are probably I'm I'm no engineer, software or hardware or otherwise. But there are enough things about this controller that I think are different, like the way that the light bar displays. It's now multiple LEDs on the side. There are player count LEDs on the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that the rumble works, like it's it's no longer just turn the motors at a specific frequency. It is now haptics. So like those old things that somehow they've solved through backwards compatibility. Probably the PS4 system doesn't know how to control those new motors. Um, but an Android phone can, and that's the weird part for me. But I wonder if the Android phone does does rumble and like haptic feedback still work on the Android phone, or is it just button presses and, and analog sticks? And just triggers? the button presses. So like the 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 triggers, you'll be able to push them down, but there's no resistance in the triggers. Yeah. Um, I I don't know about the vibration, like the normal rumble stuff, like stuff that you know PS3 even had. I don't know about yeah. that. And how that carries over, um, but I, I guess just even for the basic functionality, like the cross button, the circle button, squares, like joysticks, like that stuff's not hugely different. That should work, right? I, I guess that it's just what it probably not is wanting to say, "Hey, here's this really cool new controller that can do really cool things." And if you played on a PlayStation product and none of those things work, that's a bad experience. So it's probably them just yeah. trying to to stay away from associating that dual sense with not working. What I think it could be is that. Like, Google and Apple, and this is just me speculating, I don't know. Uh, Google and Apple 
have built-in Bluetooth controller support. So there needs to be some level of like generic functionality yeah. for a Bluetooth controller to be recognized as, such as having a button on like the grid of the buttons, like the cross buttons, all that, like the bottom button, the left button, and it's kind of looking more for that. Um, Which is why like the touchpad doesn't I work guess... on iOS. Yeah, exactly. Because it's, 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 yeah. But I guess the whole like, not working in PS4 thing is weird, especially when the series... X controller works on an Xbox One. Just for the generic stuff, not the additional yeah, stuff. Like that's because, the like, share button, I don't think would work. Or maybe it would. I actually don't know. The Series X controller, though, is such an iteration that, like, mm-hmm. it's literally all the same buttons. It's the, it's the same. All they've done is just improve the ergonomics of it and added the create or the share button. Everything else is exactly the, the same. The generic stuff, exactly the same on both controllers, though. Like, I but they, they didn't like, change the way HD. Rumble works. They didn't change the way like there's no light bar on the the Xbox. Like it is all the same exact controller. Whereas the DualShock and the DualSense are very different controllers. Like, but again, the generic the generic stuff isn't though. So like I can understand why you know the uh, haptic triggers wouldn't work and the haptic feedback wouldn't work in PS4 because none of those games are designed for it. You know all that stuff. But the cross button, so the cross button. The cross button yeah. is the cross button enough so that it would work on an X Cloud uh, and and on a Google Pixel phone, but not enough for a PS4 to recognize it. This is just I guess it just feels more like Sony is trying to limit the controller to the new console. But who's going to buy the the controller just for a PS4 that wouldn't eventually buy a PS5? I don't know. It just know. seems weird to me. My thoughts are like kind of going back to that same idea I mentioned earlier, like. If playing a PS5 controller on a PS4 gets you 80% functionality, that might not be a high enough bar of the controller mm-hmm. itself. Like, of all the things a controller can do, you can only get 80% of that on a PS4. That's probably, like, that's not enough for us to say, yes, this is a quality experience. Whereas an Xbox yeah. Series X controller, if you play that on an Xbox One X, you can still get 95 to 99% of the same functionality, and that's probably a high enough bar. They're like, yeah, why not make it on both consoles? It is virtually mm-hmm. the same experience. Um, so I don't know. That's my assumption of, of the two, why that's different. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, it doesn't matter because we're getting, both getting PS5s. That's right. And we are so all that matters, matter. us and our deep wallets. Next up, <laughs> number five, third party quest log. Number five. These are numbered. Have these ever been numbered before? Oh, um, I increased the size of the text, and when I increased the size of the text, the bolding to s- distinguish each section of the note went away for some reason, and oh, it was okay. bothering me, so I just used the numbers to kind of help make gotcha. it more legible for us. Gotcha. Well, for all of you out there listening, this is number five segment on our show. <laughs> One third of U.S. gamers surveyed plan to buy a next-gen console this year, says Brendan Sinclair at GamesIndustry.biz. Last week, we talked about another survey where 511 people were surveyed and how many of them were able to secure pre-orders versus how many wanted to and weren't able to. And we were kind of like, huh, I wonder how much of this is due to demand of the console versus just were they available? Well, this survey actually went out to 1,000 people and said, do you want it? Not, was it available? Did you get it? And uh, here are some of the results, which are pretty interesting. So uh, of the 1,000 people surveyed, so about double the, the base of the previous survey, uh, half of them, oh, sorry, over, more than a third of them are looking to buy a console this year, with 18% of them wanting a PS5, 13% for a Series X, and 5% for a Series S, adding up to 18% for Microsoft. So basically an even split. Um, 
I don't know if there's if there's anything in the survey that breaks down further like I want PS5, I want Xbox, I want both, and whether those function mm-hmm. in the, factor in these numbers. But I think this is enough to tell us that they're both kind it of. It didn't in account for that. Gotcha. Uh, and a couple more statistics from that as well. There are an additional twelve percent people looking to buy a Switch this year. Very popular product, especially with the new Mario 3D All Stars and Mario Kart Home Circuit Live. Ten uh, percent people will buy a different or older console, apparently. And then 41% people, excuse me, 41% of people surveyed plan to buy a console next year. A next-gen console. That's huge. Next year. So, yeah, that's that's almost half of those 1,000 people, which is in addition to the 36% of people, I guess. So, 75% of people, 77 whatever it is, percent of people want a next-gen console in the next 13 months. So there's some some demand. Ultimately, there is demand for both consoles, which is so good for the industry. And Absolutely. I think and it does answer a question that the Series X wasn't selling less because there's less demand for it. It's just that they, they probably didn't make as many. Yeah. And how much does that speak to Microsoft really taking that model seriously of focusing on xCloud and Game Pass and playing everywhere and it's not about the box? Like They're yeah. definitely putting their money where their mouth is because they would have sold those units had they made them. Yep. Speaking of, everyone will be happy to know that I secured a third Xbox Series X console for pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> and I question your uh, loyalty to PlayStation, you yeah. Xbox fanboy. Uh, so you're, you're I questioned right. I only it. Had, I, I, I only not gotten two, a satisfactory answer. I only had two PS5 pre-orders, and then I ended up for a short time having three Xbox pre-orders. Um, no, Best Buy had a second round of pre-orders for Series X. And... What I liked about this, this is this is a cool thing that I liked about it, is that the way they did it, you would hit pre-order, pre-order on the website. If it wasn't immediately available, then it would the, the pre-order button would gray out, and there was a message that says, we're doing things a little bit differently. In a few minutes, that button's going to turn yellow again. When it does, click the button and click checkout as quickly as possible. Yours, your console's not reserved unless you're able to successfully hit checkout. So it like it kept bots from just continually pre-order, 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 pre-order. You were only able to pre-order once, and then you had to wait a few minutes, and then try again whenever it turned yellow again. Um, I just opened up a bunch of different browser windows in private mode, <laughs> and just had like six of them going on different devices. But I ended up securing, rather than having an ambiguous one coming someday from Amazon without a release date attached to it, or one that I knew was coming two days late from Walmart that I had pre-ordered, this one actually allowed me to do store pickup at Best Buy on launch day, which is great. So I'm going to get one as soon as Best Buy opens up on the 10th of November, and I cancel the other two orders. So now I have more PS5 pre-orders than Xbox pre-orders holding. There we go. You happy now? You happy now? I feel like it's a ploy, and you're just hiding the fact that you're really an Xbox fanboy. You never liked PlayStation. Yeah, well, fanboy my balls. Mm, Last part of our third-party quest log is one that I fucking hate, Holden. (laughs) Oculus purchases will be deleted if you delete your Facebook account, says Grant Huff at DualShockers. Um, So if you are unfamiliar, Oculus Quest and all Oculus products going forward will require you to link your Facebook account and use that as your account when you buy games or experiences on the devices and use them going forward. If you already have an Oculus thing and you don't buy anything new, you have two years before that effect, before you have to migrate to Facebook. 
And so we all knew that's gross. They're collecting data on you. Uh, it's all tied to this. They're going to mine that data and sell it for a ton of money, and, and your information is going to destroy yourself. Um, but what we, we weren't kind of familiar with until now is that when you deactivate your account, you no longer access any of that. And when you delete your Facebook account, you lose all of that. Now, I have a couple of things. One, I get it. Obviously, if you delete your Facebook account and you bought things on Facebook, then you're going to lose access to those things. It's the same way as like, I deleted my Apple ID. I'm going to delete all the purchases, all the apps that I have. I get that. I delete my PlayStation ID. I lose access to all the digital PlayStation things. That makes sense. However, Holden, Facebook is a social media network. And it is something, especially in the right to be forgotten age of everything requiring you to be able to at least see all of your information and then be able to willingly delete that information from all of their servers. That is even more reason why they shouldn't have linked a social media account with Oculus to begin with because they, they are fundamentally different products. And I know Facebook wants to like integrate them and make it part of this big social experiment and, and fucking destroy you. But um, that's disgusting to me. Because if I believe if I do not agree with Facebook's practices or something like that, and it's something that I've decided I don't want to use anymore, I cannot stop using the hate speech spreading Facebook without also getting rid of a gaming system that I love and enjoy and have poured a lot of money into. So I think that's just it's just even more fuel in the fire of why I'm pissed that Oculus and Facebook are now permanently linked, and I think it's disgusting. And I will absolutely never buy another uh, never buy an Oculus product. Period because of that i don't know if you're allowed to yeah, say anything I, because of your ties to oculus and facebook and how much you love them no, it's fine and how much you i see you wearing facebook shirts every day <laughs> um yeah so this is yeah it's like you said i don't really have anything to like add i think you nailed it 100 percent. and great <laughs> great analogy with the english trifle <laughs> jesus christ <laughs> uh no in all seriousness i do actually 100 percent agree with what you, what you said like it yes it logically makes sense why that would be a consequence of deleting your facebook account but why are they connected to begin with it's just ridiculous yeah. and this is vr is in that position where there needs to be as few barriers to entry as possible and just the association with Facebook is a barrier to entry yeah. for a lot of people and honestly i think for a lot of people in the gaming community I don't really know that many people who have Facebook and actively use it and like Facebook. I don't know that many people to begin with who yeah. are like that. I, I know a lot of people who, ha who have a Facebook but do not like using Facebook. But they have it and they use it. Um, but, you know, you're right. Facebook itself is a barrier to entry to owning one of these products. But then also think about the, like, the fact that the way they've mishandled user we're not going to go on a facebook tangent i promise but the way that they've handled like user information <laughs> and oops we didn't know this was happening behind the scenes and now this company has all your shit we'll patch that hole and it's just story after yeah. story of how like leaks and and they were doing this gross thing with your data and oh we'll fix it now you caught us um but now you're introducing cameras and microphones and things like that into your home that are seeing like very personal spaces to you and yes yeah yeah these are used for vr porn facebook now has a camera pointed at your dick while you're jerking off literally, watching VR porn. Like, I want to be explicitly clear about this as well. The sensors that 
are used to track your hand movements, 100% are actual cameras. They're not just like random sensors. There's a there's a, a mode in the Oculus headset called the Guardian System, where if you step outside of like a, a unsafe range that you determine yourself, it will show you the real world using those cameras. They 100% can see what you are doing. Yep. So they got some dick pics of everyone who used VR pics. And you know, 100%. Facebook and Google, they have all of these machine learning algorithms running in the cloud on their servers. Like, there is some part of this headset that is being streamed to Facebook at one point or another, whether it's usage data afterwards that you finish it and you yep. plug it in and it's uploading, or whether it is live streaming for some kind of purpose. There is data from your use of this headset that is going to Facebook servers and they're using it against you in some way. And just, just think about that the next time that you put on your VR headset and go jerk it. And you might say, well, they can't see my face because I have the headset on and it's pointing away from my face. But they're going to have eye tracking. And you don't think that mm-hmm. the retina is a very unique part of the body. Also, Everyone has a different retina. Also, they see my tattoo as I jerk my penis. <laughs> it's yes. a very unique tattoo that I, des- that I designed. <laughs> so it's just the whole – but also it's attached to your Facebook account. So they also just know who they, you exactly, are. They know exactly. <laughs> well. I, yeah. I, I am sure Facebook does not anonymize their user accounts and detach the hardware from the actual information itself. I'm sure they I think the link way it works is that as much data as they can. I think it's anonymized in the sense that it's not your name, but it's like user number forty-seven twenty-eight blah 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 blah. But you don't think and they that just they target everything to that. But who knows if they could change that in the future? I I have no idea. You don't think that there's any who? way that they could look at that user-generated blah 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 identifier and ever link that back to your name? There's not a single way that they could link those two together in the future. I, I just said that they could. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> hate it i fucking hate it yeah and then to uh, think I that just, literally I, my favorite game of the generation like we'll talk about this later but like beat saber is incredible i think it's the game of the generation and it it's now owned by facebook and it's owned by oculus and it's just like it's it's so disheartening to me it's like no it's like finding out that your your best friend is a racist they could minecraft it and just keep it everywhere i mean they do but think like we're already starting to see like, oh, multiplayer saber support for beat saber it came to Oculus Quest last week, or two weeks ago, and they tweeted out this week, like, hey, we're so sorry, it's not on PSVR yet, we're hoping to have it in January. It's like, we can already see the effect, like, oh, they're supporting a Quest up front, hardcore, and PlayStation's getting the <laughs> yeah. scraps. Yeah. They're not as generous as Microsoft may be with Bethesda. Yep. But I think you and yeah. Matt said it in our text chat, well, it's just like, PSVR is the only hope for the future of VR in a not gross yeah. way because like as you mentioned steam vr and valve and all of their kind of stuff it's it's too expensive to be mainstream and have a real impact on the industry and psvr is so accessible um that yeah that's whatever they end up doing next like they are only they are obi-wan mm-hmm. they are only hope i am worried about facebook hurting the chances of vr by just being facebook and it's literally what it is it's just being facebook it's yeah. really not like that's it people just don't trust facebook so well, we'll see For good reason. but they trust playstation let's talk about some boxes and not boxes that you might see in porn slang for vagina let's talk about xbox boxes <laughs> <laughs> xbox series s package has been spot oh we're in our fetch quest so we're not going to touch on these stories too long Xbox Series S package has been spotted at some retailer. It says, Merdad Kayat at DualShockers. And there's a picture of a box. And it looks like you would expect a console box to look. It has a picture <laughs> of the console. It has a picture of the computer, the controller. And it says Xbox Series S on it. It has a picture of a speaker as well. It's <laughs> a picture of a drive through speaker. <laughs> yeah. They highlight that, spe- like, the, the air vent. It's like, why <laughs> you? I don't know. 
whatever. Uh, similarly, there are uh, our PlayStation 5 has arrived. Here's what we can show you so far, says Sam Makovec at Ars Technica, along with a ton of other outlets who are just showing you pictures of their box. Again, not porn-related, pictures of the PlayStation 5 box uh, because that's all apparently anyone's able to show you under NDA. No impressions. They're allowed to show you the, the paper, the, the fucking craft paper that's holding it all together, but they're not allowed to show you the PlayStation <laughs> even itself. Now, again, it's just a box with a picture of the console on it and a picture of the controller, but this one... I zoomed in on all of it, read every single word. What is that? Whereas <laughs> yep. the Xbox one was like, I get it. It's a Series S. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, here's something that was reassuring for me. There was a rumor a few weeks ago, and I didn't bother to post it because I'm like, I-, I can't verify this. Like, it-, it seems not right to me. But there was a picture of a PS5 box, and it was this gigantic cube. Like, literally a cube. Not a rectangular prism like every other box is. A mm-hmm. cube. It was ginormous. It would, like, go across my entire hallway in my upstairs. Like, it's massive. And I'm like, that can't be the box. I'm like, but it is, like, the biggest console ever made. And I really don't want to, like, go to GameStop and keep that in my passenger seat with a seatbelt <laughs> around it <laughs> I'm driving home. Um, but this has a handle. It's a nice box. Mm-hmm. I'm it's glad a nice it's a box. small box. None of that matters... Just like most of the things I've said with my terrible analogies this entire episode. <laughs> if you haven't seen, I posted but, a V funny video on Twitter of when we got our PS5. And it's like, <laughs> I used the, the beauty of augmented reality and made it look like it was as big as my house. So don't ruin it. We really got a PS5. It's that oh, big. Yeah, we got it's a huge, PS5. but it's very it. powerful. <laughs> we were the only ones that, uh, that were able to show you the actual console itself. Uh, some more fetch quests for you. Job listing hint Sucker Punch may explore a Ghost of Tsushima sequel. Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle. That makes sense. It got a ton of great press, great reviews, and people are really loving the multiplayer content, so it does not surprise me that they're looking at a second. Holden, we're going to be playing this game in depth thanks to, our patr- thanks to our patrons. Godfall, PS5 dev, lauds the console's social features and dual sense. This is at PlayStation Lifestyle. Now, the social features is not really something we've heard developers talk about so far. It's really just been about mm-hmm. the DualSense or the SSD um, or the 3D audio. But it's, it's cool to see that people are really loving the social features, especially in a week when the PS4 completely took a step backwards with its social features. And it's the way that it forms its parties. Um, so this is from someone Lee at... Uh, I, I, for, I forget the name of the person. But uh, from a person from the Godfall developer, says, the way that we've designed it, there's this moment where the swords feel physical, that there's a resistance, there's a clash, and then your sword will bounce back at you when you feel it. It's all the hundreds of different subtleties that we add that makes you walk away saying, I felt like I was there. Yeah, it wasn't just me looking at a rectangular screen. So fucking pumped. Yes. The part that I loved about that quote was the hundreds of different subtleties. This isn't just like your controller is going to buzz. And when you walk in another room, it's going to buzz. And when you open a door, it's going to buzz. And when the swords <laughs> clash, it's going to buzz. Yeah. And like, think I'm about very, this. I'm now more curious than ever. I've always been interested. But when you hear hundreds of different subtleties, it's like, whoa. They have a range of things that they can do with this that I didn't consider. I was just kind of thinking you'd just feel some resistance. But I'm, I'm very, I'm, I was already intrigued. Now I'm like hundreds of times more intrigued. Can you imagine... The sequel of all sequels, Dane Deasy's Balls 2. 
Like we played Dane Deasy's balls on a Nintendo Switch, and the Joy-Con was able to like distinguish between like three to five different Dane balls in there. But imagine hundreds of possibilities. You could be holding the Dual Sense, you'd be like, "Oh, those feel like old leathery balls that are low hanging. Ooh, those fall feel like I don't know supple balls <laughs> of a, of a young teenager in love. Ooh, that feels like the really thin skinned scrotum of a forty year old man after testicular cancer. Like there are so many variations to Dane balls that you can feel in the dual sense with this new haptic feedback. It's an, it's an, I cannot wait for that game. Next it's up gonna Nintendo. Be awesome. You're what? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Nintendo oh, also, I forgot to mention job listing for Sucker Punch uh, Ghost of Tsushima stuff. It could also be a DLC, it just has to be a sequel. Oh, it could yeah, just be yeah, DLC. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Nintendo will begin selling individual Joy-Cons says Marcus Stewart at Game Informer. Now, starting November 9th, you will be able to buy Either a red right or a blue left Joy-Con for the new price of $40 when it used to be $50. It is only for those two colors. But hold on, you have a note in here that I actually couldn't find evidence of anywhere. That Nintendo has sold single Joy-Cons since launch, launch, just not the red left and blue right. I think I might have got those mixed up. Yeah, so I went to Google, because I was like, I feel like they have, I feel like I've gone to a store and I've seen a single Joy-Con being sold. So I went to Google, great feature of Google News, is you can just say, hey, I want to look up every single news story from this date to this date. So I just typed in Joy-Con price between uh, January uh, 10th and March 3rd, because I feel like they would announce the the price of an individual Joy-Con at that point, yeah. and they did. They announced price for individual Joy-Cons, only the gray one, at $50. So I'm very confused, and I tried to find... Is there a point where they stopped selling them? Did it actually not come out? Which I don't think that's true, because I do have very vivid memories of going into a store and seeing single Joy-Con and going, why would you buy just one? That seems kind of stupid. Yeah. Joy-Con Drift, it makes sense, but back then, we didn't know about that yet. <laughs> um, so I think this is, it seems it's very widely reported that this is the first time they're selling individual Joy-Cons, and that just doesn't seem to be the case. Um, but it's the first time we've gotten at least these colors in individual formats. Yeah. I even found stories that said they they no longer sell the yellow or the you know whatever the different color uh, as one unit together, but you can buy it as an individual. So they did sell different colors individually. So I'm very I'm very I'll just say I'm very confused. Yeah, because I, I tried very to confused. I tried everywhere I searched Best Buy, Walmart, everywhere I could not find single Joy Cons. The only thing I could find was at GameStop you could buy them used individually. Which I assume mm-hmm. is just GameStop saying, hey, there are two of these? Well, if we separate them and charge five extra dollars each, we can make more money. <laughs> um, but maybe it was something like you could only do through Nintendo, or maybe since this came out, they, I don't know. I don't, I'm, con- I'm confused at when that all disappeared, or maybe they didn't see a lot of people were buying them, but now Joy-Con Drift, people are trying to buy them. But here's a cool yeah. thing. You can now officially buy Joy-Con Drift-free Joy-Cons. Because you can buy an individual right Joy-Con that is guaranteed not to have Joy-Con drift because it's only a left thumbstick thing. (laughs) (laughs) Few more fest quests here before we move on to our final segment, number seven, if you're keeping track. Cyberpunk 2077 will be available on GeForce Now at launch, says Mirdad Kayat from Dual Shockers as well. Uh, This is cool because uh, it's another streaming service, which is, is great to see traction, and especially... That Cyberpunk 2077 is coming to it when Stadia, I think it is coming to Stadia for, for all, intents and purposes, and all intents and purposes, but when Stadia is, struggles yeah. to get day one releases and NVIDIA can get them. It's coming to Stadia day one. It, it is, is coming to Stadia day one. Yeah. They made a big thing out of it. Like, we have a very exciting announcement for Stadia users. You're going to get the game like everyone else. That's yeah. the big news <laughs> for Stadia users. Is GeForce now the one that people were, were pulling their games from after they didn't yeah. understand how it worked? 
that's good then to yeah. see uh, CD Projekt Red supporting them. Absolutely, I think uh, GeForce Now. I've heard also just it works really well. Yeah. Um. As well, so it's cool to see that doing uh, gangbusters with getting well, not gangbusters, but they're doing good with getting Cyberpunk. I did find it funny that in the article itself it says they teased it's coming, and to me it teases like, is this going to happen? Is it not going to happen? <laughs> and then I watched the trailer, and it literally just says at the end, oh, and Cyberpunk's going to be on launch day on GeForce Now. Like they didn't tease it; they announced it. What are you talking <laughs> about teasing it? <laughs> Let's all have That's a little tease. a little lesson on what tease means. Yeah. Uh, GameStop will be closed on Thanksgiving this year, says Jenny Leda at Silicon Era. Great. A lot of other stores are kind of following suit. Obviously, over the last 10 to 15 years, stores have been opening earlier and earlier and earlier for Black Friday to the point where they are just open all day Thanksgiving, all through midnight, all through Black Friday. It's terrible for anyone who works retail or restaurant, food industry, and they don't get to stay at home with their family. They don't get to have Thanksgiving, and they don't get to have holidays on Christmas, all that kind of stuff. So this is great. It's also very apt for the the environment that we're in right now where everyone's dying of covid because we're all being fucking stupid so GameStop's not going to be open on thanksgiving day but they of course will be open for black friday they will be open the day before but what i enjoy is that um there are them and every other retailer virtually is are making deals available as early as two weeks ago like black friday level deals as early as two weeks ago in order to discourage people from going to a physical store and gathering in crowds to buy things and in fact i've even seen um, I think it was in Best Buy's catalog, maybe it was Target's. But a couple of these things are like, here are our biggest things, and you're only able to get these deals online. So please don't go to the store, because you're not mm-hmm. going to be able to get what you want in store. Great to see that. Marvel's Avengers sales dominate September's digital charts, says Zormanicon at PlayStation Lifestyle. Uh, it is the second best launch of a superhero game ever in America. Number one, I assume, is Spider-Man. Um, yep. What this is, I think this is really interesting that it came just after the article last week about how Marvel's Avengers is struggling to, for the player base and they're delaying this content because they want to improve the game first. And then we see there's like, it doesn't matter. People fucking bought it and they had fun with it. So, yeah. Cool I think it's that. just a lot of people bought it, they stopped playing it, and they want to make sure that people like the experience a lot. Right. But they have a user base of people who've already bought it, so they don't have to like. Convince, all you have to do is convince them to please re-download this game. Yeah. Please and re-download already, it and keep playing it. I already did. I mean, they with the the boon of, of materials that they gave us on Thursday, it was like, I already downloaded it again. I powered up my Black Widow. I was like, fuck, now I need nanotubes. And I immediately got that bug again. I was like, should I go run some stuff to get some nanotubes so I can get up to 150? Um, so yeah, that's great. Wonderful. And I think, you know, we also talked about this in our text chat that... Marvel's Avengers is in a, u- a unique position where they were worried about the player base dwindling down and matchmaking being kind of a, a desert. But it's also that game where I've never wanted to matchmake with people. I either play it solo with my own version of these things, with the skins and the, and the skills that I've unlocked for them, or I know that I want to play with my friends. And so we get together and we, only, we don't want to play with randos. I don't want to play Marvel's Avengers with a bunch of random people I said Avengers. Avengers with a bunch of random people who I can't talk to or don't want to talk to. I want to play with my people. So I don't know if using the matchmaking pool of people being a desert is a good metric for how healthy the game is. But I'm also an idiot, so... Two more stories. No, your analogies have been great this episode, so you're looking good. (laughs) (laughs) Two more stories. Hideo Kojima confirms a new project is in development. Says nothing about it. Says Wesley Inpool at Eurogamer. Uh, They are uh, hiring for their new project in their Tokyo-based studio. That's all we know. 
So it's a game development company, and they're making a game. Surprise! They make more Surprise, than just Death news. And then finally, Amazon has started sending out early access invitations for Luna, says Mayor Kayat, at Dual Shockers. I did not get one of those invitations. So I'm boycotting Amazon now. There are a lot of other reasons why people would boycott Amazon previously, but this is the reason why for me. Because I didn't get an early access invitation on day one. Tisk 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 tisk. That's it, Holden, for our fetch quests. But that is not it for the episode. We still have segment number seven coming up. (laughs) And it is Game on Game Show. The game on our gaming show where we play a game called Game on. The gaming show on our game show. Game, 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 game. And Holden, this week, we've got a kind of special version of one of our games. Uh Uh-oh. Once every seven or so years, we get a new generation of consoles. And with that new generation of consoles, we get a new lineup of launch titles. So this week, we are playing, now flesh it out, now flesh it out, launch title edition. We are mashing up multiple launch titles from multiple systems into what we might think this new version of a launch title might be. And we're going to pretend it's going to come out on PS5 and Xbox Series X. (laughs) So hold on, I've got three pairs here. And again, we're taking them and pretending a game is going to be made from their guts. And we're going to put their guts Aren't all these games going to be a PlayStation anyway, though? And none of them are going to be coming to Xbox in real life? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Starting with Super Mario World, which is a launch title for SNES. Oh, Oh, I see what you're doing here now. I get Mm -hmm. it. I get it. And Halo, which is a launch title for Microsoft's original Xbox. Hmm. So if these two were mashed together and we have some kind of Frankenstein game made of the two of them coming out for PS5 and Xbox Series X, what would that look like? Well, first of all, it, it, the, the whole thing here is it's a next-gen game mm-hmm. on new consoles. New consoles. It's not going to be a 2D platformer. So we've got to take elements from Super Mario World and put it into Halo. I kind of feel like that's the direction okay. we should go okay. what That's that just my like? opinion, at least. That What that looks like is Master Chief he gets like raccoon powers and stuff. And he gets like firepower and all that. And, and he trash. also doesn't have a gun. <laughs> he just <laughs> he doesn't have a gun. He just jumps on on, on, on enemies. That's what happens. Okay. And okay. I think that's it. That's that's the game. I would play that game. Probably not. But I, I would talk about that game like I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want... I don't know if it doesn't have to be a 2D platformer. I think it could be a 2D platformer. But I kind of want it to be almost like a Trials Rising... You know, like the the motorbike game, like trials. Oh fu- yeah, trials like fusion, like two point five D, but mostly three D. But that kind perspective of, is still two D. Yeah, but maybe you're just like driving a warthog, and you're just like going through oh, some insane yeah. levels and just like running over elites and grunts and shit like that, and like doing like there's all the physics of the warthog where it tumbles and like you fly out of it and kind of ragdoll effects from the trials games as well. I feel like that could be pretty fun. That actually could be fun, because the challenge is the enemies can't really kill you, but you got to make sure you're not doing too much damage to that warthog, because then the warthog can blow up. There you go. There you go. There we go. And you get powers, like the raccoon ability, so you can actually like fly your warthog over certain obstacles that might be too challenging, but you have to get the momentum of it to get... There's stuff here. That's a good idea. I like that idea. It's a good one. Yeah. two weeks to make it. (laughs) Next up. We're going to have to crunch. God damn it. (laughs) Uh, two games, Daytona USA. I forgot to write down the launch platforms of these. I think that was <laughs> what a random launch title. To <laughs> Daytona USA, I believe, was a an Xbox an original Xbox launch title. House of the Dead Two, which was a Dreamcast launch title. <laughs> okay, 
basically this is what it is. You are it's just NASCAR. It's straight up NASCAR, but everyone in the audience in the crowd is actually a zombie trying to get onto the track and you got to shoot them with a gun that you also have at the same time. <laughs> Boom. Okay. So it is there's a uh, have you ever played the Dead Rising games? No, it's an Xbox games. So you've probably never played it. Uh, I know of it. I'm I'm familiar. So I'm Dead Rising familiar. there are there are you get in vehicles as well. You can drive all around and and just plow through waves of zombies. And in fact, there was an infamous trophy, or not trophy, achievement, and I think it was Dead Rising one, maybe it was two, where you had to kill a certain number of zombies. And so basically, the only way to do it was just like go in this basement or this parking garage, get in a car, and just drive through a flood of zombies over and over and over for hours. And that's what I imagine this is. This is just a racetrack. It's a Daytona USA 500-lap race. It's the Daytona 500, and you are just plowing through zombies, making left turns nonstop. It's a very boring game. <laughs> <laughs> Here, so, all right, you're on a, you're on a roll because you totally inspired me again. Again. Okay. 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 In Mario Kart, when you collect the coins, mm -hmm. it actually speeds up your car a little bit. Ooh, okay. So this, when you hit the zombies, it speeds up your car a little bit. But as you start going around the track over and over again, there's less zombies for you to hit. Uh -huh. So you start having to compete to be able to knock the zombie out of the way before one of your when your okay. buddies are racing with is. Okay. So it's like a more, kind of consistently competitive element throughout the entire race. And there are a finite number of zombies, <clears throat> so you have to get the lion's share of the zombies before the other person does. Otherwise, exactly. you have no chance of being as fast as them and winning. Exactly. So it's hungry, hungry hippos. Mixed with <laughs> Daytona USA and House of the Dead too. And those hungry, hungry hippos want brains. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Great. All right. It's coming out in two weeks. Next up, <laughs> Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, and I believe both of these came out on Dreamcast, and Max Payne. Hmm. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 and Max Payne. I've played Max Payne. I haven't played Tony Hawk in like a meaningful way, at least. I played it for like most recently I played a little bit at, at Matt's house. Sure. Um, but I'm not like super familiar with the game. But I can see the bullet time effect being very cool in a Tony Hawk game where you can like string together like m much more complicated combos because you're free swimming in the air. Maybe you can already do that in the game. I don't know. Can you? You can't really freeze time. Not in any that I've played. You can't like freeze time and you're like, I'm going to do a bunch of sick tricks right now blah, 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 and land it. You just have to do it all in. <laughs> In engine in time, and like when you're playing a Tony Hawk and you're skateboarding, what's that character thinking about? Because in Max Payne, he talks in voiceover nonstop the entire game for the most part. So <laughs> he's just you're just constantly thinking about stuff like where am I going to get dinner today? Do I want to get just like a hot dog at Seven Eleven? I could just skate over there, but it's all told in like a noir voice. <laughs> There's a hot dog stand over the corner. <laughs> Do I want to skate over there? Or and just pop pills the whole time. Do I want to check out that? Yeah, just pop pills the whole time. Or do I want to get a Cinnabon Delight from Taco Bell? Because those are really yummy. Oh, those are so yummy. They're so good. They're they're back now, too, which is dangerous to know. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to go there this week. That's what sex sounds like. I I kind of <laughs> want to... This will be an obnoxious game. It's one of those games like I Am Bread or Octodad that's like, it's obnoxious <laughs> to play, but that's kind of the fun of it. I want mm -hmm. like a really serious shooter, but with the movement mechanics of Tony Hawk. So famously, in most Tony Hawk games, there is no walking. You're just always riding your skateboard around. You fall yeah. down, you get back on your skateboard, and you start skateboard. 
skateboard and you start scooting along the school, wherever you might be. So I want Max Payne to just always be on a skateboard. And so you're trying to shoot this guy who's standing on the sidewalk and you're just like, and you're just like accidentally running circles around him and like you're trying to shoot him, but you pass by him too quickly. And then maybe you can use bullet <laughs> time, similar to how you do in Horizon Zero Dawn, where you slow down time as you're like scooting along the ground so you can go and shoot the thing on your way by. I kind of want that to be with Max Payne, where you're just like skating, bo- skateboarding by, and you're just like crouched down, scooting along like a cool dude on a boardwalk, and then you slow down time and go, and shoot him as you go by in bullet time, and then you get to the end of it, you pop some pills, and you go, keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> 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 That's, That's the game. That's it. That's it right there. That's it. That's the game. That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for episode 184 of Respawn Aim Fire. Remember, you have a couple of jobs to do, and uh, they are full-time jobs, so quit your other ones. Number one, tell your boss you hate them. Number two, get your severance. Number three, go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. Download your cool new wallpaper. Celebrate Halloween with us. Number four, go to your podcast services. Let us know how much you like us. Remember the book Yield is High Stern from German class? You need five of those to tell us how much you like us. Uh, you can also go to YouTube. Please do. Subscribe on all those thingies. And then make sure to play Horizon Zero Dawn before Halloween ends. And even if you don't finish it, or if you've played it in the past and you don't feel like playing it again, let us know your thoughts. Send us a DM, email us, um, and let us know your thoughts because we are recording that on November 1st. Sunday, November 1st. Am I forgetting anything? Boom, boom, boom. Um, I don't think so. I'm also not related to Respawning Fire directly, but I am also doing a new podcast. Oh, that's right. Yeah, plug Michael that Michael Caputo. It's called Networked, and it's about Apple technology, mostly kind of primarily Apple. It's chill, good time. We do it every Wednesdays. It's actually going to be streaming live on YouTube, and then at uh, 8 p.m. every Wednesday, and then we'll, we'll convert it to podcast form afterwards. Dope, 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 dope. Go watch it, everybody. Until next time, here's our usual sign-off. <laughs> Get it, because it's Halloween. <laughs>